Today we'll have a full bulletin of the world news. A year ago, the wreckage of the sailing ship Ferwalda was discovered upon the shores of St Helena. Her passengers, Lord and Lady Greystoke, were presumed dead. But tonight, British authorities in West Africa tell the BBC that a single survivor has been found. He has since been tried for leading the mutiny that doomed Lord Greystoke's ship. Before he was hanged, the pirate, Black Michael, insisted that John Clayton and Lady Alice were alive. Buckingham Palace has since dismissed this account as the ravings of a madman trying to save himself. I am the bloody British hooligan and this has been the BBC News. Dateline to Zoom is next on the Gridley Wave Network. Dateline Jassoom. On tape delay from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Panthen Press Podcast for fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure. I'm your host, Elmo, and can you believe it? We made it to our second show. This is called Lost Civilization, which I thought was appropriate for Burroughs fans. It's by Satya from the album Memoirs of a World Traveler. In a moment, we'll have a world traveler as a guest on Dateline Jassoom. Stay with us. sign of life. Called it Caprona and sailed away. Hello friends. Tired of normal radio broadcasts? Want to hear the latest from Mars, Venus, or the Earth's core? Now you can. I'm Jason Gridley, inventor of the Gridley Wave Transmitter. From our powerful broadcast studios in beautiful Tarzana, California, you can hear reports from Barsoom, Amtor, and Pellucidar. Tired of listening to the fights? Listen to the real thing as it happens. <coughs> Corsars versus Horibs, Warhoons versus Tharks, and much, much more. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left! Color commentary by me and the Commodore himself, Ed Burroughs. Sign up today, and your transmitter will be on its way. Yes, I have. Look! Just a flesh wound. 
Approved by Abner Perry Labs, Greenwich, Pellucidar. Joining me now in the Dateline Jazz Zoom studio is Lawrence Dunn, a Burroughs fan from Croydon, England. He happened to be traveling through Chicago recently, and I thought he would be a good guy to have for our first interview with a fan. Okay, Lauren, so in 1981 it was, you, you went out to Tarzana and, and you got to meet Danton Burroughs, who is Edgar Rice Burroughs' grandson. Yes, he is. And what was it like meeting him? And did he think it was crazy that you'd come from England to, to say hello, or did does it, did he act like that sort of thing happens to him all the time, I imagine? Uh, I guess he uh, it, it happens to him all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was really gracious. I mean, I, I just called him up one morning uh, and said I was on holiday and invited me over. I, I, I drove straight there and found this wonderful little Spanish style building on the uh, Ventura Boulevard mm-hmm. where the Edgar Brothers Incorporated have their offices mm-hmm. and uh, Danton it's just welcomed a, it's a me wonderful in. office isn't it? Oh it is uh, and th- th- there's all this wonderful artwork on, on the walls and all these books from around the world mm-hmm. all Edgar Brothers books from d- different editions and Danton took me straight through and uh, I must have been with him for a good hour, and he was a really good host, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I went mm-hmm. away with so many great memories of that brief mm-hmm. visit to. Uh, mm-hmm. Needless to say, I've been back several times. And and you and you come to to every dum dum that I've ever heard of. You you, what's your streak of of dum dum attendance? Um, my streak actually. Uh, ended uh, a couple of years ago, but it was uh, continuous. Uh, every convention, and there's two conventions right. a, a year, from 1992 through to 2003. Okay, I managed to attend every convention. That's the Dum Dum, and then there's also the ECOF. Uh, and the ECOF, and back in '97, there was a Dum Dum, an ECOF, and an Edgar Rice convention at home mm. in England. Okay. So that one year, I had three conventions. Is there a big following of Edgar Rice Burroughs fans in England? Uh, it's actually pretty sporadic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of only about a dozen to maybe 15 people mm-hmm. in England. I imagine Frank Westwood knows several more since he's actually more in contact mm-hmm. running the Edgar Rice Burroughs fanzine. Mm-hmm. But personally, I know about uh, a dozen to 15 people. Uh, there's also a following in France, mm-hmm. Germany, and uh, and some of the Scandinavian mm-hmm. countries as well. Right. Yeah. I've I've always been curious what um, English fans think of that whole British royalty angle of of the Tarzan books. Is that something that they think is is cool or good, or or is it, or do they frown on it? Uh, no, no, actually, um, I think it's quite neat, actually, that uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs actually decided to choose uh, an English lord mm-hmm. um, or the son of an English lord 
to be stranded in an African jungle and just to see if what would c come out of it? Would, it? would it be his heritage as an English lord that would come out and show his superiority? Mm -hmm. Or would he go back to a basic animal instinct right. and, and, and you know, be, be, being raised by the apes? Right. And it was kind of interesting to see how Edgar Rice Burroughs worked that tussle through, you know, mm -hmm. who's going to win? Is it going to be his, his heritage or is it just going to be an animal instinct? Right. Uh, and it's just kind of interesting that he actually cho choose the son of an English lord. Right. I mean, because I suppose he could have made him the son of uh, an American millionaire or something, but it wouldn't have quite the same... Right, that's uh, that's it, yeah. Uh, I think it was this whole idea of a of a breeding. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that... <laughs> I said that wrong. But there is... Kind of the upbringing and the nobility. Yeah, the aristocracy. Right. Uh, yeah. To see if, if that would actually come through. Right. And of course, he, he made... Plenty of the uh, the British aristocrats to be out to be uh, not so not so nice. <laughs> to oh yes, as well. uh, I mean you, you only have to take his uh, Tarzan's cousin, yeah. uh, who turned it out it turned out to be quite a cad, at, uh, right. and yeah. and only um, at the end did he did he actually come through. Right, but um, right. Is is Tarzan your favorite, or, or who are your favorite characters? Uh, actually, my um, my favorite series of, of the Burroughs novels uh, tends to be the Venus series. Oh, really? That started purely because it was uh, when I, when I was about fifteen. Um, I was walking through a bookstore one day, just looking for something to read. Mm -hmm. And uh, fifteen is that kind of age when you you kind of notice girls. Yeah. And there on the bookshelf was a novel called Lost on Venus. Okay. With a Picture of a beautiful girl on the cover. Right. And I picked it up. And it kind of showed that you can't tell a book by its cover. Mm. Uh, because inside was this wonderful novel of adventure, escapism. It got me wanting to read more. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, so Carson Napier's your guy over even John Carter or... Kind of, yeah. Hmm. Uh, he's not this uh, strong-armed hero right. or anything. He, 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 Some, sometimes it seems like John Carter or Tarzan, they're almost too perfect. They never exactly. do anything wrong. Exactly. And Carlson Napier tends to come through one way or, or another. Mm -hmm. And somehow... Carson Napier gets through it all and he, he escapes. Just, he just uh, kind of stumbles. He <laughs> stumbles through it and he's out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can see why why people would would be. I never really thought of it that way. So I can see why I can see why there's an attraction. Maybe maybe I need to go back and read more in person. I, I Next time, would you mind striking me with your left hand, Lord Greystock? His cheek's feeling a little left out. You send me the visions. Telepathy! <laughs> it's a little skill I uh, picked up in, uh, in, in Tibet. I'm uh, no master, though, but... Uh, You're the evil spirit. I'm Carson Napier, anthropologist.
Lawrence is is also is the winner of uh, the 2005 Lifetime Achievement Award uh, given by the Burroughs Bibliophile. So congratulations on that. And uh, were you surprised when when your name was called for that? I was actually. I mean, I can think of several other people who. Um, could probably have uh, got it before I ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I've, I've written um, several articles uh, for, for fanzines over the years. Yes, I've come to many, many conventions. But uh, I, I just think I think the distance you come to every convention, almost every convention, I just think that that shows uh, quite a, a level of determination that uh, should be recognized. So. Um, congratulations on that. And uh... well, I, I, I have enjoyed it. I mean, one of the things the, the convention do it, is it does bring together a group of like-minded people who enjoy the works of Edgar Rice Burroughs. We do get to occasionally discuss our uh, our favourite author. It becomes a very much a social gathering of friends over the years, mm-hmm. and we come back to see them. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's well, the best I, part of fandom. Absolutely, and I do enjoy coming mm. over, and it just makes me keep coming back. Okay. One of the things that uh, has happened to me in recent years is that uh, about three years ago, I was elected to the board of the Boas Bibliophiles. It does; it, it makes my my involvement with the uh, the, the whole fandom uh, much more official. It's come about purely because um, we needed people on the board that regularly attend. Right these conventions mm-hmm. and to get the business done that is needed like uh, organizing for um, future conventions and because I was I am such a regular visitor right. made me a right. an ideal candidate yeah it went one stage further last summer when and my name was put forward <laughs> and they elected me as chairman yeah uh, it could be a short-lived thing right. because um, there's an election every year. There, there is, is a, yes. Uh, there are nine members on the board, um, and three members each year will be are open to re-election. And mm-hmm. my name was pulled out of the hat, and I get elected. Right. I have to go go for re-election this coming summer. Mm-hmm. You, you basically become a member of the Burroughs Bibliophiles by um, subscribing to the Burroughs Bulletin, and, and you, that, that's your membership, right? Absolutely, yes. Your subscription makes you a member of the Burroughs Bibliophiles. For that, you also get a quarterly journal, the Burroughs Bulletin, and a monthly newsletter, the Gridley Wave. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right, Lawrence, thanks very much, and we'll be talking to you later. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. This is Bill Ross, sometime publisher of ERB Collector, and you are listening to Dateline Jassoon. Introducing the Jetic of the North. I'm Bill Hillman, reporting to you from Okar, high atop the magnetic tower. So... Bill, tell me what is going on uh, with Herbzine. What what kind of things do you have coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks? Well, the biggest thing is uh, all the news coming out of Tarzana, out of Egg Rice Burroughs Incorporated, uh, and their big push right now is is 
It's the uh, Disney Broadway musical, uh, Disney theatrical, are, are launching that on March 24th with the world premiere on May 10th at the Richard and Rogers which Theater. Which is where? In New York? That's in New York on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater. And uh, Danton has seen an advance uh, DVD of the production, and uh, uh, reportedly it's, uh, the effects are amazing. There's vines swinging and Phil Collins' score. And Man, I'm having a hard time imagining what a Broadway production of Tarzan is going to be like. It, it seems almost impossible. But, you know, one, one of the big success stories with uh, Broadway in recent times involved Disney with Lion King. And uh, they hope to to repeat the success they they've had with Lion King with with Tarzan. So so no holds barred. They're putting a lot into this, and uh, it's reportedly one of the one of the few Broadway musicals to open in the black. What are, what are people besides Disney and and Danton saying about this? Do you know? Well, it's getting a lot of press because uh, uh, there there are a number of things opening at the same time. And uh, all the, uh, the reviews or, or the, the hype I've seen from, from, uh, from columns put the Tarzan thing as, as the, the flagship or at the top okay. of the whole thing. So it sounds pretty good. I, I guess, you know, lot, some people have seen the, uh, some of the, uh, the advanced things and they're really impressed that's with great. it. All right, Bill. I think that's uh, all the time we have for this week. Uh, hopefully we're going to be talking on a regular basis and, and you're going to be a, a regular guest here on Dateline Jessum, which I appreciate. Well, we'll certainly be regular listeners up here in Oakard. We had one voicemail from a listener this week. Um, how are you? Um, how are you? Actually, we had a couple of really nice emails, but we will get to them on our next show. Episode 3 of Dateline Jazz Zoom is scheduled to be uploaded on March 12th. I'd like to thank the Podsafe Music Network, which my partner Tarna keeps trolling for really good music to go along with the show. And I'd also like to thank Andy Gridley Nunez for sending along that commercial we played today on the show. That's the kind of stuff I want to have you guys send me for future episodes of Dateline Jazzu. And thanks again to my guest this week, Lawrence Dunn. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. <laughs>